You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 312th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. It's rest day at the Tour de France and you're listening to Race Central. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt, resting up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where you guys... My wife waited until right now when we started recording to make some microwave popcorn. So if I am distracted by the smells that are coming through my door throughout this whole episode, you know why. Well, Spencer, this will be nothing but some popcorn eating good time because we've got a Tour de France to talk about, including nine amazing stages in the first week and a half of the Grand Boulassay thing. How am I doing so far, boys? I think you're doing pretty good. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. About average, I'd say. You know. <laughs> should, I, should I keep bringing my A-game? Because I've got a ton. It's a holiday uh, weekend here in America. As always, so. it is Labor Day in the middle of the Tour de France, something we know quite a lot about. <laughs> so it is that point that we need to talk about this year's winner of the Tour de France. Of course, I'm talking about Primoz Roglic, who took the yellow jersey on the final day of the race on a Sunday and we'll be carrying off into the sunset in early September. You know, I mean, uh, some maybe. of that is correct, but not all of it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. And as I fill this dead space, the, the important thing here is I watched Little Guy's YouTube video, and he told me that I don't need to watch Stage 7, which happened to be the greatest Tour de France stage I have seen in some time, <laughs> when Bora Hansgrohe was on the front, drilling it. Little Guy said, I'm not going to watch it. So then I was like, I'm not going to watch it. And then Sagan totally got beat at the line in the intermediate street sprint by Matteo Trenton, who I determined was now my favorite racer for doing that. Nice. <laughs> and then it went all the way to the finish line. And Thomas DeGent even attacked, got some leg openers in for his guaranteed victory on stage eight or nine from Little Guy, which also didn't happen. So yeah, prog- hey, pr- prognosticator, any, little any guy over there, good work. Oh, okay, wait, all right, all right, one, one, one. Any guarantee of victory in cycling is foolish. I, I, you know, they're all they're all qualified guarantees. And and two, it sounds like he tried to get in the break today. So he had stage nine penciled in. He had the circle around it. He drew some stars on it. He wrote "I love stage nine in his notebook. Mm-hmm. He was going for it. It just didn't happen, and it can't always happen. I'm sorry about All stage right. seven, but on paper it looks stupid. And you know what? I didn't watch it. I was also camping. I w- but okay, I need to come clean. I have watched almost every stage. Kind of usually it's on the side sidecar, right? Sitting off to the, the left of my uh my monitor. Uh-huh. So I'm going through the day. I gotta admit, boys, I didn't I didn't drop the coin for um NBC Sports Gold. Yep. I as a as a form of punishment, I have been dealt the hand of Phil Liggett and Bob Roll. But let me tell you something. It is it Bo- is a punishment fitting the crime, you know? It, it really is. <laughs> Can I tell you something, though? I got to come clean. Bob Roll actually is not that bad. Oh, yeah. 
he, he's actually not that bad as a commentator. He's constantly fixing what Phil Liggett is messing up, and he does it in such a graceful, gra- graceful way. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, that it's actually Bob Roll. I don't mind Phil Liggett. Horrible. Sorry, it's just Bob Roll's good. Um, the studio, the studio show we talked on last week is still a disaster. But you know, <laughs> Flow Bikes charged me another like thirty bucks for the month because. I don't. I signed up for it for Strada Bianchi, and I haven't watched it since. And now I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for the Giro to start so I can get my money back. Yeah, Torino. But yeah, Torino's starting up. Um, so we get to see Matthew Vanderpool uh, reclaim his uh, ground as the greatest living American cyclist because apparently, it is Wout Van Aert who continues to crush it at the Tour de France, even today, yesterday, the day before that, and I'm pretty sure the day before that, Wout Van Aert is doing everything asked of him well and we know why that is and i mean longtime listeners of this show will know why Wad van Aert is crushing it right now in the tour de france they will have known for years since the very first time we mentioned Wad van Aert that he is always dominant in cyclocross season and here we are in september and <laughs> the tour is on and if you put the tour in cyclocross season Wad van Aert is going to dominate until, of course, they let Matthew Vanderpool in. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, we are coming right around the corner to cross Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would explain why Vanderpool was a little off his game in those early Italian races, being as they were in August, and he was training. That means he's going to win every stage yeah. of Torino, basically. That's a good bet. It, it, it is a good bet. Oh, what's that I hear? That is the sound for the brand new reoccurring segment. Week one, what? You gotta say it more like this. Week one, what? Okay. All right. Week one, what? All right. Here's my first what, guys. Wait, little guy, little guy, little guy. You just told me what to give you the lead in, and then you wait 20 seconds, and then you're like, "Well, well, little guy. Come on, man. Step up your game. Ready? Game show. Week one, what? Adam Yates. What? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Do you guys think it's actually Simon Yates wearing Adam Yates' glasses? Well, he's definitely hiding behind the ugliest helmet in the Tour de France, if that's where you're starting. Did you see the size of that thing? It's amazing. Well, so, yes, it might be Simon years, Yates. But we've had almost no results from Adam Yates for years. He says he has a tummy ache the week before the race and downplays his <laughs> chances. And then he shows up with his tummy ache and now he's really good but he's riding more like his brother so i kind of think it's actually orca slipped in simon yates and they said it was adam yates this is actually really good planning for for when adam yates that's really simon yates tests positive for covid and they need to do the old switcheroo you just switch him around yeah that's actually a pretty decent idea so um, that's how the long, best reason to have How long twins. do you think they've, they've been doing that, though, over there on the team, swapping them in and out? Like for I bet, years? I bet, yeah, I bet for years. And I bet most of the results that Adam has are actually Simon's and vice versa. I think whichever one we think is trending down in form, they they swap them around just to mess with our heads. And this was a this well, was total psychops game. Now, you say all of Adam's results are probably Simon's, but 
wouldn't then Simon's results be Adam's? What if Adam was the good one all the time and having good results in Simon's name? Yeah. You see? You see no, how it's, deep it's the rabbit hole goes. It, no, it opens up a whole oh separate portal of cycling existence that doesn't it's why mesh with the reality. This, is, this is the most amazing conspiracy theory I've ever heard. It's very deep. It's obviously very deep. And obviously, it goes all the way okay. back to Enios because he's going to – Adam Yates <laughs> is going to Enios next year. So somehow, mm-hmm. this, is their, this is their ploy. Wait. Adam Yates is going to Enios? I did not know that. Yeah. He signed. They're breaking the, they're breaking the brothers apart wow. for next year. I know. It's kind of okay. tragic. Wow. Are they going to be okay? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, someone so, not getting a Christmas card. If this is really Adam, I mean, so far since Adam said he's leaving the team, he's actually writing better than he has in years. So yeah, it seems like it. All right. All you, right. Need to get, you need to get. I saw shadow. So yeah. should, should we do some more rapid fires? The what you what you got, little guy? <laughs> my my other rapid fire was: Did do either of you guys know who the winner of stage eight is? The winner of stage eight. Um, that would be <laughs> Wout Van Aert. No, it's Nans Peters. Do either of you guys know who Nans Peters is? This is just you me know, being a jerk. I'd, I'd <laughs> like to say that I knew who he was. But I, 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 I feel no like we should know, Spencer. Spencer, <laughs> let's let's just cut to the chase. We should know who Nans Peters is. I don't believe that we should know. You should know who Nans Peters is. He's no, on AG2R. Should. I know that much. You should know because he had some good results last year at a series of small Italian races that I droned on <laughs> nonstop about. You guys rolled your eyes at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when he turned up here and won a stage, my first thought was, hey, good job, Nance Peters. What have you been up to? My second thought was, I'm going to rub this in their faces. So there you go. Yeah, I knew fair. about him first. I bought the bench <laughs> for seven inch, man. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, all right. score one for the little guy. <laughs> I mean, okay, three hundred and twelve episodes one, in, but you know. Yeah, I got one. All right. right, my other, my my last week <laughs> one. What is uh-huh. the French? You guys, Kofidis, Kofidis is now leading the French GC train with now that Pino is imploded. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do we have a French GC standings like that? Like when it cuts down to it, we're like, ooh. Martin in first place followed closely two seconds by Bardet. Yeah, have a clear, what like, I mean, thirteen minutes over Pierre Roland. Top Frenchman is very very important, but I, I, what I'm amazed about is we actually have a year we have two Frenchmen solidly in in a shot for the win here. Nine seconds, eleven mm-hmm. seconds back, but we don't have Pino. We, we got the greatest hope already fell out, and we've got two guys who, let's be honest. None of us expect to last all the way through three weeks. I mean, this is heartbreaking. And great. Hey, little guy, pop quiz. Pop quiz, you ready? Yes. I was reading um, friend of a uh, friend of mine's uh, email newsletter, uh, Spencer Martin, and he said, like, you're reading it, and he's like, oh, this is the most ridiculous possible Tour de France podium since 2014. Little guy, who's the 2014 Tour de France podium without looking? Go. Oh my god, I have no idea. Is that Nibali? Huh. Nibali. Yes, it's Nibali. Who got second? Pete, uh Pernard. John Christoph, whatever. Yeah. JCP. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh Pino, right? Yeah, and Pino. All right. I got JCP right, right away. It took me a while to figure out Pino. Like I was I was like, oh, who got third? It's you know it's who, hard to believe you know that who's it's not been gonna that get third? Since Pino was on a podium. 
You know who's who? not going to get third in the 2020 Tour de France? Who? 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 Tell me. Pino. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. That was that was mean. <laughs> yeah. You see what I did there? Okay. So yeah, real quick, it. this is what we got so far. Let me give you my highlights. One, Peter Sagan. Looks like he's putting the train together to win that green jersey, right? Totally mm-hmm. blows open a race. And then losing to Matteo Trenton, like I was talking about earlier in the intermediate sprint, was one of my favorite moments because they totally blew it up. Then the echelons came out. That was actually a lot of fun stage. That was like stage seven. And I believe Wout Van Aert came and took the victory that day. Um, kind of just surfed some wheels and took 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 the win. Loved every moment of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I did not I mean, like Lusenko winning a stage. Like, that didn't do anything for me. I was not like, what? eh, okay, like that. What? Why is stage that? Stage six. It was just kind of, it was kind of boring. Okay. You know, all just right. throwing it out there. It wasn't, it just wasn't all that good. But while Van Art has been making racing very exciting, which makes me even more angry because the amount of text messages I'm getting from my noob cycling friends that are all like, <laughs> well, Van Art is the greatest thing in the world. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, but you guys have not seen Matthew Vanderpool yet at full full speed, and it it's a little frustrating. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> well, this might just be the year of Wout. Vanderpool might just be having an off year. Yeah, and what's up with Carapaz? Why is Carapaz falling off so much? What's the deal? Like, what's up with Ineos? I, I can raise my hand and tell you why Carapaz isn't doing good because he was training for the Giro and then they threw him in yeah. the tour and he's like, whoa, wait a minute. I thought I had a month to get ready to well, be full strength and now he's here that, and he's getting his ass kicked around and he probably is not very happy about it. Well, I appreciate you raising your hand to share that comment, uh, little guy, but I, I will say that the, the, <laughs> the, the bigger question is bang up job to Dave Brailsford for not bringing Garrett Thomas and Chris Froome. Like, if they weren't yep. good enough to come to this Tour de France team with that Ineo squad, oh my, God. oh my goodness, they must be really off form. Yeah, they are. Yeah, can you imagine right? how or much there's a, be or, back? Or there's a new substance in the Peloton that Ineos is not on top of yet. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, I, I, like, honestly, I can't think of any other way. Like, why you would leave two Tour de France victors off the podium, I don't know. Yeah, well... Yeah, they would be really far off the pace. That is for sure. We've got a lot of good riders that have already fallen off the pace. So, and they that would look like they're in form. <laughs> Pre-tour, Tim. What do you think you know about your boy Chavez? Who's <laughs> yeah, not in form? Yeah. Well, not in form is Thibaut Pino. Hmm. Ch- Chavez, I'm I'm okay with because he's going to be there for the Scott, uh, whichever Scott brother it is that's actually in the tour. He's going to be there when it really counts when they get to the Alps. Well, all right. I just think I just thought he finally was over the the what he had mono a couple years ago, and he he had little flashes, and it kind of seemed like he was coming back. But now he's he's like thirty second. He's like nine minutes down. I just I kind of was hoping outside chance he pulled the top ten this year and got back to his his GC hopeful ways. But so um, here's a bigger question, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Is Tadage Pogacar? The greatest thing to happen to cycling since Peter Sagan, because he's or Ricardo Rico. I don't know. Can't tell the difference between the two really. Because the way that they're attacking like crazy. Uh, I mean that's one way to look at it. I'll give you that. Um, don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's tough for me to agree with anything 
that you've got to say uh, this evening so far, Tim, uh, as far as um, <laughs> cycling. Uh, All right. Uh, you know, I, can, I can keep these going. Here's another one for you. Why is Lotto Jumbo allowed to wear a yellow jersey in the well, Tour that, de France? That is a good point. Because, um, they, because they go, there's no go rule pink. against like, it? Yeah, but Onse, change, it should be a precedent set by Onse. Now, if you're an all-yellow sure. team, you must change your color of your jersey because I am confused on who's really the yellow jersey leader. So we know... Um, we 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 are all aware that there was never a rule that said they had to change to pink uh, back in the day. On say, um, they just did that as a courtesy. Um, yeah, well, it's a courtesy so that, that should be taken more seriously. I think you guys, if okay. the last four years of American politics have shown us anything, uh, there's a lot of things that we thought were rules that were just courtesies. Yeah, and yeah, boy, the world. Well, let me, maybe let me give you another courtesy. Rules, I guess I don't know. Sergio Huguita of EF should also not be in the Colombia national champions jersey, which looks amazing, except when you look from behind, like when it's the helicopter shot, it's a full on yellow jersey because the way that it's like the 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 color scheme, which is like mm-hmm. arguably the best national okay. championship jersey in the tour. So I didn't know that the from behind in the helicopter it looks like he's in the yellow jersey. I was very are, confused today. I felt like Phil like it. <laughs> Are you suggesting that Colombia change its flag no, because of the no, Tour no, de no. France? No, no. Because it sounds like that might be what you're what you're driving no, at. No, what I'm suggesting is that maybe I give too much of a bum rap to Phil Liggett not knowing who's who, because I felt that way today when I was looking down and I couldn't tell who the yellow jersey was until I saw the giant helmet that was on Simon, I mean, Adam Yates. And then I was like, oh, that's the yellow jersey leader. Yeah. Well, maybe the yellow jersey just should just wear a big helmet all the time. Like, like, <laughs> be, like Roglic like will have to wear a giant helmet if the tour starts again on Tuesday. Like that's what a deficiency. They, um, that's like your handicap. Like whoever's the leader. The, uh, what if they make the yellow jersey where, um, you know, clip a little uh, blinky light on a jersey pocket, <laughs> you know, so you can kind of see him like, you know, like for safety. But yeah, also like, for visibility. Like the old Fox s- glow puck from the NHL. Like, like you got to put that in the streamers? back of their pockets. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah. Streamers and spooky dokes. So I'm just assuming <laughs> for sake of the podcast that I'm the only one that's watched all s- nine stages at this point. I So far, I would grade this Tour de France as my second favorite Tour of France I've watched outside of 2004, Lance versus Ulrich. Yes. I have not watched everything. It is that good. It, but it's good. It's been really good. I hope it continues, but part of me thinks that all this shadow boxing and attacking is going on because of the pending COVID tests that are happening on rest day that will determine how many teams continue on in the Tour de France. This also leads me to believe that Alejandro Valverde and the entire Movistar team, by their lack of appearance in the entire Tour de France, is hedging their bets accordingly to five or six teams getting tossed completely from the tour so that they <laughs> continue on and take the victory. Yeah, I mean, week three strategy. You know, you don't want to peak too early. You also don't want to make sure you don't get COVID too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you think about it, uh, maybe we lose, say, 15% of the Peloton. Let's just conservatively estimate. <laughs> um, 
based based on the crowd sizes uh, on the yeah. side of the course. Um, the maskless and, side <laughs> crowds on the side of the course yelling into exactly. the racers. It was embarrassing. So let's say, you know, unfortunately, a couple teams have to go, a couple individuals have to go, whatever. <laughs> um, we end up losing the top, let's say, pick a round number, 16 uh, places off the GC. Who does that leave us in the lead? Well, Spencer, that's a really good point. That leaves us with Alejandro Valverde, who would be two minutes clear of Emmanuel Bookman. Solidly in the yellow jersey. Yeah. Uh, um, this, uh, you know, it, it could be a reality as much as any other reality could be a reality by the time this podcast comes out. That's true. Um, so, you know, if that is indeed the case, uh, you heard it here first. I just... <laughs> okay, there's so there's so much there's so many bad jokes that can be made. So let's just go down this route of these COVID tests happen, right? Mm-hmm. How many how many of the teams are just gonna automatically like they just pull out their they just pull out their like canned press releases that they have like built for these like oh positive test we're waiting for the B sample right like like that's like the yeah. first thing the market <laughs> the media in turn sends out and then it's mm-hmm. like oh positive test we disavow ourselves from you know rider x and they didn't even change the name there's like he's no longer an employee of this team yeah. and you're like i mean i just it baffles my mind how these teams are going to handle like the sad situation that that there are more than likely going to be some positive tests here i can't imagine that there is not at least one team that gets disqualified from the tour if they're true to the form of two positive tests per team like listing of yeah. riders and support staff. I mean, yes. it's possible. It's possible. And it throws a, a whole new um, dimension into watching the standings and the excitement of the tour. So I say kudos, keep it going. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Bring uh, it back it's next going to be a little bit like throwing darts at the, uh, at the wall. Um, as far as who, what teams uh, end up uh disembarking from the tour and uh you know let's hope Nairo's keeping himself healthy and his teammates uh you know in a bubble because this is his year baby you know he's actually looking pretty decent out there like he's up there he doesn't have the help but I kind of like that I mean he didn't have the help last year because Landa you know is doing his own thing but I still like Primo's is the only one that really seems to have any help Really? Everyone else is kind of just shadow boxing, right? Kind of just making their way through the uh through the day. The only I, two uh, the only two I teammates like that Primo's seem to be up there. Only occasionally has help. Yeah, but Wow yeah. was just drilling it on the final stage today. Like I mean it's it's pretty clear when he's got his help and then he's re- then the hounds are released. I mean, they only have eight riders per team. Um I will say though that like the 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 team that is surprisingly good right now is uh, Trek, Sega Fredo, with just Richie Port and Bauke Malima doing like <laughs> their best job to be anonymous top 10 finishers. <laughs> they, yeah, they're, okay. in 11th they're sneaking and, around uh, there. And Malema in 13th. Like they, they, are, they, they will be top 10 by the end of this thing. Yeah, it's possible. They're slow and steady. <laughs> Some of these other guys are going to burn themselves out. I like Malema kind of... He was talking the other day in the press about how, I don't know, Bernal had to yell at somebody to slow down or something. Malema always seems like he's 
he's he's he knows he's solidly B plus team, and so he's always excited to like talk trash when the A team guys are off their game. Like I feel like he's always the first one of the like medium y G C guys who like you could go to for a quote and he'll be like willing to be like, Oh man, Bernal sucks right now. He's like, I'm so excited. I passed him. Dude, I passed Bernal. This is sweet. <laughs> like he's just like I feel like everybody else is like, uh, doesn't want to say anything. Malema. Did you guys was. Okay, speaking of craziness, the final thing before we go into our award winning prem lap. I just have a question for you. Did you guys see the T-Spanute crash where he went over the barrier on the hairpin turn? Yes. And thankfully, he kind of controlled it well, but his bike completely disintegrated his um, Cervelo where it got like yes. sheared at the juncture of the top tube, seat tube, and seat stays. Yep. Anybody? Yep, no? Oh, little yep. guy, you saw it. Sorry. This was insane to me. You know, like at first I'm like, wow, that's a really bad ad for Cervelo. And then a, uh, a friend let me know, like, no, it's a worse ad for um, rim brakes. <laughs> and it was like, was the rim brakes were the rim only brakes? things left. Yeah. The only thing left no, sit, like standing on, on disc, that frame they? was the rim brakes. No. Really? Really? In the picture. Wait, he's yeah, the only check one on rim brakes then on the team? Oh, okay. I don't know, but it was a rim I, brake I bike. was on disc on that team. No, the disc bikes, the disc brake bikes are the ones with motors. That's why it was a descent. <laughs> but either way, well, maybe he was it was an amazing look. Stuck. Huh, it was an I amazing look. I didn't realize everyone that. should check that out if you are uh, looking for some good old fashioned bike craziness. The mechanic quickly moved that thing off the course, mm-hmm. like that. Like that, the mechanic deserved a uh, a medal on that one. He's like, "Ooh, there's a camera over there. I'm just gonna throw my body in front of this so no one sees it." So yeah. It was, it was, he, he worked, he, yeah, he, he did the work for it. Didn't succeed, but, but he tried. Speaking of Team Sunweb, we have to go to our Team Sunweb correspondent, Michael Matthews, who's reporting live from Team Training Camp prior to the Italian races. So here we go. What up? This is Thomas Goyinch. And you're listening to this low ride podcast. Hey, everybody. We'd like to thank you for once again supporting and listening to the slow ride podcast and heading over to the wideanglepodium.com to find out more about the wide ranging shows that we have on the network where you can become a supporter and support the shows that continue to populate your airwaves. And we'd also like to thank our reoccurring new sponsor for this, the wonderful bike racing season this fall. And of course, I am talking about Wattbike. Head on over to wattbike.com slash US. That's W-A-T-T bike.com slash US to find out more about their Wattbike Atom, which is an amazing smart bike that connects to Zwift it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a red dot. It's it's going to be sold in MoMA. It's going to be sold at the Museum of Modern Art. It looks that good. And it is by far the most reliable and accurate power data that you can find up to 2%, plus or minus 2% accuracy. So it's going to be the most record, the most accurate bike on the market for all of your training at home needs. Little guy, how excited are you about the Watt bike? 
I'd be very excited to have one. It's got that real ride feel, so it feels like you're on the road. So when I'm slaving away in the winter months, it doesn't feel like I'm slaving away. It feels like I'm actually riding a bike. That's awesome. Yeah, it's also like built for all the all the power that you're putting out and all. The, I, if there's one thing I know about you, little guy, it's all the sprinting that you do. I do a lot of sprint <laughs> and, work. A lot of sprint work. And you, your sprint, your sprint work. I on a scale of one to ten, I would rate it a four um but the good news is that the watt bike was designed for people that can sprint up to a level 10 like chris hoy and all of the great british track cyclists of the years this bike basically was created in 2012 for when team britain swept all of the medals at the olympics you may remember that as the olympics of no americans winning a track medal so therefore they might have wanted to be on the uh, watt bike adam that's all. That's all I got. It's that good. You should jump on it. I will. I guess then I got to up my sprint game. So thanks for telling me. <laughs> you got to get that thing up to a six, maybe. All right. All right. So head head on over to wattbike.com, W-A-T-T bike.com slash U-S to find out more and to learn about the Watt Bike Adam. We are also brought to you this week by the Mammoth Tough event. Uh, they are going virtual this year and calling it the tough 20 and you can sign up for it, uh, over at mammothtough.com. There are a ton of options, um, for kind of a self-guided self challenging, uh, mammoth tough. Um, and you're not doing it just for your own benefit. You're also doing it for tons of awesome prizes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stuff from Shimano, stuff from Niner bikes, all kinds of actual useful things, not like normal giveaway <laughs> raffles uh, that a lot of events have. So check it out. Head over to mammothtough.com. You can use the uh, promo code when you sign up for the event, uh, tough10, T-U-F-F, one zero, to save yourself uh, some money via the Slow Ride Podcast and Wide Angle Podium. Um, this event uh, does support trails in the area and uh, it, it's just a really good thing all around and put on by a great friend of the network amanda nauman who is a host on the grodio podcast as well so do us a favor mm-hmm. check it out see if there's a one of those millions of events uh within it that look fun to you to challenge yourself or your buddies to and uh, get yourself signed up yeah at least do the you know when you do the scavenger hunt because I gotta, I gotta upload mine. I did it the other day, and you gotta <laughs> you, see if you see if you can if beat. You sign me. up for the scavenger hunt. You might beat little guy. You might beat me. You might not. I might go out and do it again because um, me and my son had a ton of fun doing it. So, and it was a great way for me to trick him in, into doing a multi-hour bike ride. So, <laughs> do the scavenger <laughs> hunt. So Amanda right now is currently doing the Caldera. Caldera 500 mountain bike race, like an independent or individual time trial, self-contained bike packing. Mm-hmm. I read all about it over at cxhairs.com. Bill, friend of the pod, interviewed um, Amanda with the buildup to the, this. This ride sounds insane. Not as tough as the mammoth tough, but Amanda definitely can throw down. So check that out. If you're also uh, sitting around, listen to the pod, um, go over to cxhairs.com and see the interview that uh, Bill did with um, multi-time Dirty Kanza winner, Amanda Nauman, and the promoter of the Mammoth Tough. 
And you can find out more about the Mammoth Tough once again by going to Mammoth Tough. And Spencer, what is the promo code? Tough 10. Tough 10. Thank you. We also need to mention here in the Premlap, the brand new retitled show on the Wide Angle Podium Network, formerly known as Radio Zwift. Of course, now I'm talking about Nowhere Fast. So go to wherever you find your podcast and check out Nowhere Fast. It's the show all about indoor training with friend of the pod, Zach Schuster, and the rest of the gang taking care of everything you want to listen to on Zwift Racing and Indoor Trainer Racing. And let's go back to the show. everybody and uh yeah enjoy your story podcast all right guys we have a slew of emails to get to let's roll right into them the first email comes to us from michael brown new bling hey guys i haven't emailed in a while but after episode 311 felt completely Compelled to write to you against my better judgment, I have to agree with Tim. Well, thanks, Mike. I feel that after recent incidents, it has been very easy to make Julian Alaphilippe the new villain of the Peloton, from taking a bottle with less than 20k to go in the stage to attacking the favorites with less than 1k to go to gain a whopping one second to just show off. He is becoming somewhat annoying. However, these are only minor infractions compared to trying to strip Michael Matthews of the rightful title of bling by wearing a co- a watch the cast that costs more <laughs> than most of our homes. It's obvious that not only does he want to be France's favorite son, he also wants to strip, strip Mr. Matthews of his title. Let me know what you think. The blind peddler. P.S. Tim's license should be Everest one. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's good. Um, so, guys, we talked about the watch. We we were one of the first to break it because um, friend of the pod, uh, um, Chuck Miller, brought it up to us that the, he's riding this Richard Milley watch that is like $120,000 US. And then the late bloomers of print media yeah. ever behind the, the, the future that is podcast cycling news wrote about it. And then the world learned about the watch that Jillian Alaphilippe is riding. And it appears that Mark Cavendish was also riding this watch last year. So it seems that they pick a, a rider every year. Jillian Alaphilippe is the perfect candidate to have a $120,000 timepiece on his wrist. But is he the most annoying racer in the profe- professional peloton? What do you mean by that- annoying? Yeah. Yeah, that is a a loaded question and extremely difficult to answer. Let's do the annoying ratings. If we were going to do a draft of the most uh annoying racers in the professional Peloton, who would they be? Uh How are we saying annoying? Like annoying because I don't know, little guy. That's why we're (laughs) draft. Well, no, I know. Hang on, criteria. I think we come up with our criteria as we're doing this. Is is. Does Chris Horner still count as a professional cyclist? <laughs> he would definitely be annoying. I think that, that that's a great point, Spencer, because I think that that, is, that, it, that defines for a little guy what we're talking about with annoying <laughs> cyclists. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That helps. That helps me um, get a framework. I feel like I would probably draft – I would draft Aru first. Oh, okay. Because he, he, is, he is not so much of an annoying personality as he is extremely frustrating and demonstrating this yet again, this tour. Yes. Oh, my God. Just wildly, wildly frustrating human. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, is annoying. That, like, <laughs> he can build himself up to the point where I'm like – Maybe, maybe this year he'll, you know, maybe he'll do something cool. And then he just, just so far, like in the other direction that I don't know how I get duped every time. And so I'm going to, I'm going to choose a Rue with my my first draft pick. Wow. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Fresh, fresh. That is a good one. You talked me into why that's a good one, but I, I would go the other way. I, as an acquired taste myself, I think that sometimes it's okay to be annoying. <laughs> and there is no cyclist in the professional peloton that is more annoying to the population than the father of the peloton himself, Alejandro Valverde. Because really? he is there almost all the time. He is going to make mm-hmm. it a race. Mm-hmm. 40 years old. Kind of annoying. He's the old guy on the ride that... Uh-huh. Knows everything, knows these roads like the back of his hand. He he knows every little like way to cheat. And I'm not even taking into consideration his two year vacation that he had in the early 20 teens. Uh-huh. Right? Like he he kind of gets it. He knows like how to do the sticky bottle at the right time. He's just he 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 will suck your wheel to the to the end and then just attack you, I'm sure. He's always there in the top ten or so. Uh-huh. That's kind of annoying after a while when the old man, every time you turn around and you look over your shoulder, there's Still grandpa there. there's grandpa yeah. breathing down your neck, ready to go. He's kind of like that guy that in this time of social distancing is the one that's like not not respecting the six feet when you're in the line at the checkout counter at the grocery store. He's like really <laughs> crowding up behind you. Like what? I could see that. I, I bet I, I mean, do you think like a whole nother conversation? Of the entire group in the Peloton, if there was one guy that's probably not wearing the mask, I'm willing to bet it's Valverde. You know, like, oh, I've done this. (laughs) I've seen this shit before back in 1920. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think I've seen a picture of him with a mask on, but I get get the point. Yeah. It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got, little guy? Who's the most annoying to you? Uh, you know, the first off my tongue is Cavendish, really, which is, you know, kind of on, on, <laughs> on for this is, especially since if he was wearing this watch last year, um, did he race last year? I mean, come on, like what? <laughs> I, I mean, I, Cavendish seems like a legitimately decent guy, but I do get so sick of the press going on and on about how he's going to make this comeback. And it's just, let's just all admit it. Mm-hmm. He's not ever going to be mm-hmm. fast and win sprints again. I well, mean, t- whoa, whoa, whoa! To be Somebody's fair, like the the <laughs> the 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 entire uh, European. I'm going to put that in air quotes. The entire European press that we hear from over here on this side of the pond, it all comes from the UK, right? So it makes yeah. sense that they're going to talk him up. No, hundred percent. It may not does. be his fault. No, it's true, and that's why I want to give him a little bit of an out. Um, but I do feel so annoyed that I have to keep that's, continuing that's hearing about him. Now, 
I don't know if Tim made this in an official segment where we're actually drafting the most annoying people, but I'm going to throw one more out there just in case uh, we are going in that direction because I do desperately need to nominate Primrose Roglic as one of the most <laughs> annoying Whoa. riders it, in the peloton. Is he the most annoying or is it all the announcers talking about Primrose Roglic that's more annoying? It's the it's the whole circus. Yeah, I mean the 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 rigmarole around him, the the excitement, the the yeah, exactly that. All the commentary, everything about it makes him annoying, but he himself also annoying. Who else is good at bike racing and good at ski jumping? And like, <laughs> it's just apparently good at everything that they do. Good at time trialing, good yeah. at climbing, good yeah. at whatever. This guy can't be beat. And that is the kind of guy that's going to annoy me to the grave. Mm-hmm. So today on uh, stage nine, right? There's this moment where they're coming over the penultimate climb before the descent in and Roglic is going in a fairly straight line, but um, Pogasar looks over his right shoulder and naturally drifts to the left and then runs into Roglic's back wheel, right? Now, I'm not watching this when it happens, but Phil Liggett's like, oh, no, Roglic may be, like, fined by the commissaires and relegated for coming off his line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what did Roglic do? And then, of course, they show the helicopter shot, and it's it's just a racing incident that Pogasar looked over the wrong shoulder and just kind of, like, like, they shook hands. They were fine with it. But for a moment there, I was like, man, that would be really awesome if Roglic was just like, I'm just going to chop in wheels. I don't even care anymore. I'm just chopping wheels. I'm going to take the victory to the line. Yeah, I don't think he's to that level of annoying yet. <laughs> no, probably not. We got a hashtag Ask Slow Ride from Brandon Conan. Hey, guys, is it possible that Jerome Cousson is the most stylish guy in the Peloton? He's got a beard. He goes full <laughs> schleck, and he's got flowing lettuce and it was pointed out, also has the retro glasses. Mm. What do you guys think? Looking so good and resplendent in that total energy kit. I'm glad they mentioned that because he is he's also on the French team, which, you, you know, it just really puts a bow on the whole package. Yeah. Yeah, he's up there. He's, 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 he's making it look good this tour. That's for sure. I, I love it. I didn't even know who he was before this race, and some people uh, pointed him out to me, and now I'm all in. He yeah, might be a, a Slow Ride Podcast all-star. We're going to have to find a way to get an interview with him. Another hashtag Slow Ride. Ask Slow Ride comes from Emil Nielsen. Opinions on Zacharin's climbing chain <laughs> hanging on the transponder, not around his neck. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think he's that done this for a few eye. years. Yeah. So you've noticed uh, this before, little guy. I feel like he was doing that a few years ago at the Giro. Um, like, remember when he was? Remember when we thought he was going to be a real GC contender a few years ago? Um, I was. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't? No, okay. we um, would never think a guy like that would be a real GC contender. <laughs> That's not our. No, we we're, we're tried and true, guys. We are we, super conservative yeah. when it comes to the the skies of the world. <laughs> we, we are all, we are all, let's admit, we're all on the Zacharin train because he looks like some How guy. How many different trains have we ga- been on? Just you, like, Zacharin looks like a guy you'd run into at a gas station in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and he'd be buying 17 <laughs> wow. Red Bulls, and, and you'd be like, whoa, dude, be careful with that much Red Bull. Love him. Anyway, 
Yeah, it's weird. The I, the chain thing is weird. The chain, the chains. But let's go back to the bigger question here, um, Spencer <laughs> and uh-huh. little guy. Let's do a quick round table. How many different trains have we been on of oh, riders man. that we think are going to be Tour de France winners? Just to show how good we pick them. We are the kings of roller derby, the greatest cycling <laughs> fantasy game. Clearly, by I'll start. Nairo Quintana, check. Yeah. Any French cyclist, check. In fact, yeah. Yeah. little guy, subliminal message on his Tour de France promo video for stages one through nine <laughs> that Kofidis <laughs> is going to win the Tour de France. You like that? I mean, Martin's still on the podium, so he still has He's, a chance. I mean, guy. so far, but, like I'm actually, I'm actually doing okay on this one. Come on. I feel like we yeah. were on the Stephen Kreiswick train for a while, and anybody that was on Lotto Jumbo, so Dumoulin also mm-hmm. check. Um, I guess we can claim Primo Roglic. The only team that we have not been on the train of is pretty much Team Sky, which has won every Tour de France that we can remember yeah. besides Nibali. Yeah. So our hit mm-hmm. rate is like maybe one, tw- two out of 20 since we started watching cycling together. Yeah, I think, yeah, you were on the Primo's train. I got to give you... I gotta give you that. I was fishing for that compliment. I I appreciate that. You were definitely. Now we still have two weeks for him to mess this up, but he has looked like the strongest (laughs) rider this year. Um, Somehow I don't know because the rest of your, if you go through the GC right now, the rest of your your Tim picks through the years, um, (laughs) it's 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 it is like a who's who of uh, it is like a who's who of the slow ride podcast, right? Just like in that top ten, just because outside of Bernal. There's no one on Enios that uh, we really have ever cared about. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Amador getting dropped today was a little painful, but um, Not painful. we got another great email. This one comes in as the aforementioned friend of the pod, Chuck Miller. He says, ride culture across the land. For real, I have a question. Maybe I should write this in. I'm in Columbus, Georgia on business, and an old riding buddy of mine lives here and got me a bike ride, a bike to ride while I'm in town. I did the normal Tuesday night group ride and General Hammerfest, local to Columbus, Georgia, and the mannerisms and differences between their ride here and those in Virginia Beach were staggering to me. For example, here, they stop in the middle of of the ride and chat about the first half of the ride, sprints and attacks. Then someone says, Sounds awesome. Okay, let's go. (laughs) And we do the second half of the ride. (laughs) This was a 34-mile ride. Also, here they stand around in their sausage suits, chat, and drink water out of their bottles. In Virginia, we finish, change out of the sweaty bibs, and chat over a couple of beers. Just strange to me. Have you seen, have you guys seen differences in group rides regionally? Um, I'll tell you, the the main difference I've seen, and uh, I really only can compare Minneapolis, Minnesota, group rides to, uh, Boston area group rides, um, is that we had a ton of like regular group rides and things like that in, in Minneapolis, like some of them, you know, 30, 40 people, some of them just like our team (laughs) six on a good day. Um, but there were always like a ton to choose from and everybody doing them and you'd pass other groups when you're out, uh, out here man, everybody's got a coach and a training plan and they're on their own thing. And, uh, a lot of solo rides and, and, uh, two, you know, two person rides and things. Um, not a lot of groups to actually, uh, choose from out here. Um, maybe the gravel, maybe it's all gravel now. I don't know. So 
The group rides here in Orlando are way different in Minneapolis because here they're like 150 people and they just take over the road. They swarm, they go, they don't stop for anything. If you got a flat tire, you're jettisoned. But if you go on the smaller group rides, like in Gainesville, for the most part, you know, you got your five or six that will ride with you and then, you know, out of a group of like 20. And then so if there's something that happens, like people are at least halfway decent. Um, I have not seen the stop in the middle to talk about the ride and then like especially at mile 17 that seems a little mm-hmm. too short for me i don't want to stop before like... mile 35 like if you're doing mm. if you're doing a 40 mile ride no stops in the middle sorry not happening well i got zillow open up here and i'm looking at real <laughs> estate down there in georgia it actually doesn't look too bad you guys so um the group rides sound pretty pretty right up my alley yeah, they i gotta do. say that sounds right on money for you <laughs> Uh, and you know, and little guy, I know that you haven't really done group rides outside of Minneapolis. Um, can oh, you really? tell us, are they different in St. Paul than in Minneapolis? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, they are. Um, cause most of my our rides started in Minneapolis and I, I remember clearly a ride me and Spencer went on we met a bunch of folks in St. Paul. We rode off to Afton. It was May. Mm-hmm. It should have been warm. It was super cold. It was so cold that I got like an ice cream headache riding into a wind. It was miserable, and um, that was a ride that started in St. Paul. So, yeah, the St. Paul <laughs> rides are brutal, and the Minneapolis rides, it's always sunny. Got an email here from Alma GP, promoter extraordinaire, the legendary Brian Hancock. Check it out. The Alma GP is happening virtually this year, but the promotion game does not stop. So it's only natural that Brian hits us up with an email. This one about Alexei Lushenko, who won a stage at the tour this year, mm. riding for Astana. Mm. And he says, so Alexei sports a chin pad. I mean, I'm happy it at least matched the bicep band on his left arm and his sunglasses. But that seems a bit out of the Troy Lee design era of helmets. What is Lamar <laughs> thinking? Also, what's the better style of helmet here? And this is the important one. What's the better style of helmet hair? Tufts coming through the vents or flowing locks streaming out of the back? Hmm. At PS, sorry, little guy, but the bald ponytail look from the professor doesn't cut it. Just cut it off. What? So little guy, the, the, but the skullet. The, but when the work. helmet's on, you can't tell. Like it, when the helmet's on, it's just locks flowing out the back. I don't know if I have an opinion on which one of those two hair out of the helmet options is better, but I do know which way each of you is going to, is going to go. Um, I know that Tim is going to go with the flow out the back and I know the little guy has just such a soft spot deep in his heart for (laughs) hair poking out through the vent holes yeah, um, I usually do. So I usually have. So and I, and I will say, judging by the uh, the video call here today, that we are both well on our way to executing this flawlessly. Um, mm-hmm. Like yeah, the, the hair coming out the back of the helmet is looking really good on my end, and looking by the mop that little guy has right now, there's yep. definitely the right amount of uh, hair coming out through the vents. Yeah. Look at what helmet are you riding right now? Uh, that's. Specialized, I don't remember what the model is. Thing, but you don't have the arrow helmet. You, you're no, not no. That. I've got you, holes, you, okay. and 
and keeping right. it on the subject here, it's in Astana. It's like Astana blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay, so it does have vents. That's that's the important thing here for what my uh, hair does you come out. To, um, my, yeah, my hair does come out, and it looks good. Yes, it looks great. Hey guys, lots of times friends and I will stop for a mid ride coffee, so I'm all for it. Have done a mid ride beer too. That's just how I roll. That one comes to us from Brian Stranick. Again, we're all about the mid ride coffee, but I will just lay precedent here. There is no mid ride stop if the ride is less than forty miles. <laughs> There can I'm, be a mid-ride stop <laughs> on any ride. I'm with I'm with you, Tim. I'm with you, Tim. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, there's many a ride that I probably dragged out extra long because we we did a stop early, Spencer. <laughs> you, yeah. You forced my hand to add that I, last 25 miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were like, oh, I know, I know a slightly different route. I'm gonna. Um, let me just, you know, mm-hmm. we'll go this way. It's not going to add very much. And then 20 miles later, we roll home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Yep. Yellow Lotto Forever. Bonjour, Monsieurs. From Adam Shoup. Maybe it's because I was born to a dad who still called department and grocery stores by their predecessors' names where I grew up in Ohio. You know, Sparkle Market was the A&P, Ames was the Hex, and so on. But I find the occasional slip-up on team names an endearing reminder of how strange it is. Teams and licenses are named after corporate sponsor mashups. But I also sympathize with the Norwegian listener from episode 310, who asks you to cease and desist your Trump-like mispronunciations. Of course, he's talking about Yellow Lotto rather than Jumbo Visma, which is the... Mm -hmm former team of what lotto jumbo and before that Bank. if we really want to go back to mm-hmm. where they were where was it before Bank? skipped or, right over belkin belkin oh belkin. what a great kit yeah i was uh, a. <laughs> in fact i bought a belkin modem which i just got rid of about six months ago uh. towards that end by next tuesday you should be receiving one tax 2015 pro team lotto jumbo biden i thought perhaps it could be used as a swear jar where you have to make a deposit each time one of you slips up. <laughs> and Spencer's got it. Oh my gosh, yeah, you got it, Spencer. That's pretty sweet. That is a good looking bottle that you're holding up. Uh, I have to admit, Spencer, it is uh, one size too big for me. I am a, I'm a small water bottle guy. It is the big boy. Yeah. Okay, this is look, a big let's boy. go here. Uh, little guy, do you like the bigger water bottles or the smaller water bottles? I usually like to have one big and one small. Oh wow! Okay, and wait, wow. does the big does the big one fit wow. in your frame? Like <laughs> your frame yeah. triangle there? You can you can fit the big water bottles in there. It's kind of not not too small. Yeah. Well, it's a little harder on the mountain bike, but um, yeah, yeah. Wow. I like to do the big because I I do when I did race like the big one would be the one for like on the way to the race, like the on the way to the crit, and then in the crit I would maybe just do like a half of the small bottle. <laughs> First wait, 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 wait. You you would only bring two bottles with you to the race? Is that why you cramped up? Because you're like, oh, for the I'm just no, gonna I, have I'm two talking, b- bottles I'm of water. Ta- no, I'm talking about like a crit. Like for a road race, I'd probably throw another one in the pocket. But then I would definitely want to have one of the big ones. Maybe two big ones and okay. one small one right. for the for the pointy end of the race at the end, you know? Now, Spencer, as the benefactor of this amazing gift mm-hmm. from our friend uh Adam Shoop. I got a question for you. Are you a big water bottle guy or a small water bottle guy? I am a small water bottle guy. Uh, 
It just looks uh, better. It like that's the only reason I do it. I mean, yeah, and it's I I don't know. It's just more familiar. I don't know. the The only time that I am a big fan of the big twenty four ounce bottle or whatever size they are, um, I always keep one or two on hand because if you if you end up doing a ride that's going to be a hundred miles or. Uh, my case, a uh, little guy, when we would do Almanzo, the hundred mile gravel race, mm-hmm. those two big bottles would come out, you know, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, boy, it's, it's, it's a lifesaver having the extra uh, volume. <laughs> so it is smart mm. to keep one close by, but, uh, it's not a daily driver for me. No. And yeah. very, very true. It, it's maybe it's what you drink from in the car. Right. I guess maybe we can kind of run that uh, right down the middle. Um, Adam continues, in my day job, I'm a lawyer, but actually I'm a public defender. On a related, related note, I'll say that you certainly didn't lose me as a listener after episode 299. I'm attaching one of the photos I took at a Bronx protest on June 4th in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, of which Adam is getting a forearm shiv to the chin. Yeah. Um, so Adam, thank you for your work and your continued support. Coming to us from the Bronx. Always great to hear. Another email. This one comes to us from friend of the pod, Eddie Plana. Something to be addressed. I don't remember this being discussed. What in the name is going on with Bob Roll's beard? Has he become a recumbent cyclist? Is he a David Letterman impersonator? (laughs) On another note, any tips for dealing with the pain of all of our local cross series being canceled? Your amigo in the Pacific Northwest, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to unpack here. Uh, where do you guys want to start with this one? Well, let's go Bob Roll first. Um, yes, I would not be surprised if Bob Roll owns a recumbent, but he also gets that. Like, I, I feel like I crap on Bob Roll a lot, where he's a great author. I've loved every one of his books that he's written. Spencer, yeah. you've gifted me, I think, one or two of them. They're mm-hmm. fun reads. Highly recommend the Bob Roll books. And he's actually, again, like I know I talked about it at the top of the show, but he's actually carrying a lot of water for Phil Leggett on this, on the, oh, a ton. like a it's ton. actually really good. Like he is doing a pretty good job and he's not there in France. Like he's clearly stateside watching on a monitor, but he's actually, I'm becoming more and more of a fan, you know, and he's been, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how to put this right, but he just is who he is, and he's always been that way. That's true. And I really appreciate that about him, that the stories in his books and the way he is uh, on the TV aren't any different, and the way he rode as a rider in the professional peloton isn't any different. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to get to see him uh, speak when he presented to the uh, Minnesota Cycling Federation's annual gala or whatever we had uh they had him as a speaker one time and it was it was pretty awesome um so i got to meet him got him to autograph uh something i forget what i don't have it anymore but you know it's a very gracious guy yeah so is he the david letterman though like i thought that might be that might be fair it, it might be like kind of like the the relic that's like everyone respects way more now that they're retired right like I mean, I love Letterman, but now that he's kind of on the sidelines and he's got his sweet Netflix show, I'm like, man, I really miss that guy more than I thought I would have. Yeah. So maybe that's the uh, Bob Roll uh, look. 
Final email of the pod. This one comes to us from Joe Fabrith. Fellas, I followed your advice and turned off auto renew on NBC Gold. Speak, speaking <laughs> oh. of Bob Roll. Yeah, sorry. But I stumbled across Peacock, the NBC streaming service. It has the tour at $9.99 a month, and I'm pretty sure you can cancel it at any time. No commercials. They do the live show every day with Ant McCrossin, plus have a recap. I usually watch with the sound low and tour, tra- tour tracker open on my phone. Might be cheaper way to get away from Phil and Bob. Self-proclaimed friend of the show, <clears throat> a guy named Joe. <laughs> Definitely a friend of the show then. Yeah. That's yeah. a hot tip. That a That's tip. a hot tip. That's pretty good. So for those See, of you I- that don't want it, that are, that are still downloading uh, viruses, mm-hmm. $9.99 is a pretty good nice way to save your computer now see i'm <laughs> glad that joe did the research on this too because i definitely did see that peacock email come into my uh you know promotions tab in gmail and i promptly ignored it um so i'm glad that he actually looked into it and found out that it was a good deal i love that you you ignored that one but you read the email about um <laughs> our, our long lost benefactor in uh, another country with our priorities our man. inheritance yeah, you got to have your priorities straight, yeah. you know? Yeah. Always looking for some money on the way out. Little guy, in the wrap-up, what is where, where can we watch the next Tour de France stage preview videos? Are you even doing them? What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I want to do one. I guess I'll do one tomorrow on the rest day. Uh, so you head over to wideanglepodium.com slash YouTube, and uh, there's a bunch of videos there, and... By the time this comes out, hopefully there should be a sweet uh, second week Tour de France preview where I get everything 100% right and do not slip any subliminal messaging in at all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you absolutely crushed week one's previews. Um, Yeah, so head over to YouTube. Look for WideAnglePodium.com or the Wide Angle Podium channel and and you'll find it. Rate and subscribe. Helps others find our channel. And Spencer, what do you have on tap this week? This week, uh, I won't be watching the tour probably because I still haven't signed up for the gold. Although maybe I'll get that peacock situation worked out. Yeah. Um, what I what I have been doing uh, was after I was trolling around on YouTube after watching all little guys' videos um, at wideanglepodium.com dot com slash YouTube. Um, I, I was just poking around and I I found a pretty interesting uh, video. Uh, you guys. Uh, familiar with the show Top Gear, right? Oh yes, yes. Oh yes. Some would people uh, compare us to Top uh, Gear. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I know which one uh, all of us might be. Really? And <laughs> and this is yeah, really. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Expound on that one, Spencer. I'm just gonna. I'll expound on it a little bit. I think you and I would agree that little guy is definitely the James May. Of this situation. Oh, 100%. He is definitely the 100%. James May. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? I suppose um, I have to so, be James May in this situation. <laughs> I'm okay with so that. So imagine my surprise when I came across a, a video of James May with his bicycle on YouTube. Okay. And not only just like some puff piece about riding around or whatever, he's doing a video, a how-to video on bicycle maintenance on how to tow in the brakes of your road bike. Sounds good. I was blown away. Yeah. And I said, wow, I've always thought of James May as the little guy 
of the Slow Ride podcast. <laughs> and and did you? And of course, he's on a road bike, and I'm like, little guy rides a road bike. This is this is synergy. <laughs> this is synergy. you know, it's all coming together. Yeah, uh, he did have a giant uh, carbon bike, which is you know, I won't hold that against him. He's still Cat Four, or whatever. Um, but where the whole thing falls apart, little guy. Okay. Is that this bike was decked out with 105. Oh my God. Sad. I know. That's it, sad it, situation. it wasn't even like can't be Mirage or, or anything like it was, it was Shimano and it was 105. You know, um, okay. Yeah, go on. He was, he was, he did a great job. Like this video is excellent. This video is so good, uh, showing you how to tow in, uh, brakes on your bike, rim brakes. That was the other part. Very little guy. He's got yeah. his Ferrari in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a man that owns probably multiple Ferraris. <laughs> and he's got 105. He's got well, the Italian cars all over the place in there. He's, and what? why, how does this man not have Campy on his bike? Little guy, please explain as as you are his sole brother. <laughs> I need to know. That's a good point. I think he should have Campy and at least have Centaur or something. Um, maybe this is good, though. Maybe I'm trying to defend James here. Um you know, you see people that obviously go in and overbuy for for how much they're going to ride, skill level, really any use. Like, you you don't get anything out of Durace over Altegra or probably 105 if you're just out for, like, 20 miles on the weekend every right. now and then. You know, yeah. you're just throwing money away, basically, so your bike's a little bit lighter. It doesn't matter. Maybe this is a good example of somebody just being like, you know what? I'm not – I don't need that. It's the, the responsible buy. Putting that money toward so bought, toward like an air freshener for the Ferrari or something. Because those are uh, expensive, those Italian air bought, fresheners. He bought the Peugeot of bikes when he could have bought a Ferrari, and you, you're commending him for this. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to make it sound cool. You know, I will hear how to, here's how I'll defend it. All those giants. Okay. All those giants mm-hmm. are basically the, the, based off of uh, was like Burroughs or whatever, that crazy British dude. Who 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 designed all the like Lotus bikes back in the day and designed all the giant bikes that Onse rode, and okay. he's right, he's a, he's a wacky British tinkerer, and in the same way uh, that I feel like probably James May has a soft spot for other wacky, you know, being a wacky uh-huh. British tinkerer, he was like, well, I'm only going to buy giants because if I'm going to buy a carbon bike, it's going to be a giant because Burroughs had a hand in it, built it in a shed somewhere. And uh, designed it in a shed somewhere, and that's that's what James would want. You know, they gave him a biscuit or something, and everyone was happy. British, 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 uh-huh. British, cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, cup of tea All to right. you. Well, at this point, it is time to wrap up the show, guys. It has been another wonderful episode. We'd like to thank our recurring sponsors, the friends at Watt Bike. Head on over to wattbike.com, w a t t bike.com slash us to find out more about the Watt Bike, Adam the number one indoor training bike that you can find on the market. We'd also like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out how you can support all of the shows on the network. And Amanda Nauman and her wonderful Mammoth Tough Race. Use the code TOUGH10 to save on bikeridge.com. And as always... This is Richard Hammond in Orlando, Florida. 
Uh, this is uh, James May missing his beat because he was taking apart an old sewing machine he found by the side of the road while brewing a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And this is Richard Hammond no, in Boston, Massachusetts. No, no. Oh. Who could have no, seen this sure little conundrum? Reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out on the road, even if it's James May. I can't believe no one wants to be Clarkson. That's so weird. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.